Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is September 13th, and we will be reading paragraphs 2000 through 2007. So we break into the 2000s today. Uh, and we are in the middle of the section on grace, and we'll just start a section on merit today. And it is the Feast of St. John Chrysostom, a great uh, father of the Church. And we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sanctifying grace is a, an habitual gift, a stable and supernatural disposition that perfects the soul itself to enable it to live with God, to act by His love. Habitual grace, the permanent disposition to live and act in keeping with God's call, is distinguished from actual graces, which refer to God's interventions, whether at the beginning of conversion or in the course of the work of sanctification. The preparation of man for the reception of grace is already a work of grace. This latter is needed to arouse and sustain our collaboration in justification through faith and in sanctification through charity. God brings to completion in us what he has begun, since he who co completes his work by cooperating with our will began by working so that we might will it. Indeed, we also work, but we all are only collaborating with God who works, for his mercy has gone before us. It has gone before us so that we may be healed, and follows us so that once healed we may be given life. It goes before us so that we may be called, and follows us so that we may be glorified. It goes before us so that we may live devoutly, and follows us so that we may always live with God. For without him we can do nothing. God's free initiative demands man's free response, for God has created man in his image by conferring on him, along with freedom, the power to know him and love him. The soul only enters freely into the communion of love. God immediately touches and directly moves the heart of man. He has placed in man a longing for truth and goodness that only he can satisfy. The promises of eternal life respond beyond all hope to this desire. At the end of your very good works, you rested on the seventh day. It was to foretell by the voice of your book that at the end of our works, which are indeed very good, since you have given them to us, we shall also rest in you on the Sabbath of eternal life. Grace is first and foremost the gift of the Spirit, who justifies and sanctifies us. But grace also includes the gifts that the Spirit grants us to associate us with his work, to enable us to collaborate in the salvation of others and in the growth of the body of Christ, the Church. There are sacramental graces, gifts proper to the different sacraments. There are furthermore special graces, also called charisms, after the Greek term used by St. Paul, and meaning favor, gratuitous gift, benefit. Whatever their character, sometimes it is extraordinary, such as the gift of miracles or of tongues, charisms are oriented toward sanctifying grace and are intended for the common good of the church. 
They are at the service of charity, which builds up the church. Among the special graces ought to be mentioned the graces of state that accompany the exercise of the responsibilities of the Christian life and of the ministries within the church. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Since it belongs to the supernatural order, grace escapes our experience and cannot be known except by faith. We cannot therefore rely on our, our feelings or our works to conclude that we are justified and saved. However, according to the Lord's words, thus you will know them by their fruits. Reflection on God's blessings in our life and in the lives of the saints offers us a guarantee that grace is at work in us and spurs us on to an ever greater faith and an attitude of trustful poverty. A pleasing illustration of this attitude is found in the reply of St. Joan of Arc to a question posed as a trap by her ecclesiastical judges. Asked if she knew that she was in God's grace, she replied, If I am not, may it please God to put me in it. If I am, may it please God to keep me there. Roman numeral 3. Merit. You are glorified in the assembly of your holy ones, for in crowning their merits you are crowning your own gifts. The term merit refers in general to the recompense owed by a community or a society for the action of one of its members, experienced either as beneficial or harmful, deserving reward or punishment. Merit is relative to the virtue of justice in conformity with the principle of equality which governs it. With regard to God, there is no strict right to any merit on the part of man. Between God and us, there is an immeasurable inequality, for we have received everything from him, our Creator. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.